and welcome to Connected, episode 377. I'm Jason Snell, and I am joined, as usual, by James Thompson. Uh, It's good to be finally back. Uh, Thanks for looking after the show for the last few weeks. Some interesting guest choices also. Mm, Well, yes, of course. We're also joined by Mr. John Voorhees, who never, ever misses an episode of this show. Hi, John. Hello. I've never missed. No, I don't think I've ever been off this show. It's it's been tough sometimes, but yeah, I'm I'm a bad penny. I just keep turning up. That's good. I mean, I like the commitment that James seems to have failed to make to this show. So, (laughs) look, some of us have things to do. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I think that that cuts deep. It's true. It's true, but it hurts. Oh, James. (laughs) All right. You know, we should uh, stop with the nonsense and get down to business because we've got a lot. We got a packed show. The show document is overflowing this time because it's the connected holiday special it is indeed and of course as always we begin the connected christmas episode with our uh gift exchange the triple j gift exchange and we open our presents uh it's a it's a it's a tradition like none other it it doesn't feel like a year since we last did one of these oh yeah i know i mean it seems like it seems like a long time but you know hey it comes around quickly that's covid time for you Time is flexible. It happens. It's like, what is time even now? But I love this. It's a great tradition. We go around round robin style, as is our tradition, and and give each other uh, presents. They're not on the show. The presents happen uh, at a later date or immediately during the show. Or you know, it, it's not something like uh, I don't have this stuff here because it's supposed to be a surprise. You see, and we can't trust one another to not open the packages. So anyway, uh, James, why don't you kick off the the round robin? What do you have for me? Me in particular. Yeah, I know you're important here. Um, so I have commissioned your favorite artist, Jen Bartel, I believe, mm. to draw you a sketch of a micronaut holding up a similarly colored iMac. Oh. Uh, and so- kids, if you if you don't know what micronauts are, you were probably not a child in the late 70s. <laughs> um, they, they were kind of like translucent robots that I'm going to say without any uh, shred of evidence that they were the inspiration for the original iMac. And I'm just going to drop a picture of one. Jen Bartel is my favorite artist, uh, comic book artist working probably. And um, micronauts are a formative uh, a toy from my childhood. You you posted the picture. These are time traveler. A lot of the micronauts were made of um, of diecast metal, so they're way heavier and like higher quality than you'd expect a cheap toy to be. Um, but they needed – actually, this fits in with our conversations about Apple and Apple always wanting to have like good, better, best and keeping its profit margins. You got to have a, a low-cost product. So I think, in fact, Time Traveler was like the iMac or the MacBook Air of the micronauts because – um, he was made more cheaply so he could be sold at a lower price than the rest of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cheap, clear plastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is delightful. I can't wait to see a modern artist who I love uh, drawing a Micronaut uh, and, a, and an iMac. Will it be, is it a, a G3 iMac or is it one of the 24-inch iMacs, James? Uh, no, it's a G3 one. I mean, you've right. got to go for the classic. True translucent plastic yeah, the, compatriot. Yeah. Okay, John, here's, here's yours. I, for you... See, this is going to be so disappointing after that because James has just outdone me again. I wrote a shortcut for you. Oh, nice. Just for what you. What does it do? Um, okay, it's going to wish you a happy holiday. If you run it tomorrow or, or this week, it's going to say Merry Christmas. But it varies based on the date. It will always wish you something, but it changes throughout the year. Um, I have some caveats. It doesn't work on the Mac right now. Shortcuts crashes. What can you do? I hope that it'll work at some point. There'll be a holiday where it'll say, I can't believe I'm working on the Mac. It doesn't work right now. And you can't really automate it to display like every day like I wanted it to. But you could make a widget on your iOS home screen that you could tap and then it would look and see what holiday it was. And 
anyway, I hope you like it. It's just for you. Uh, and it's if I could mint it as an NFT, so it could only be run by you, I I would. Oh wow, thank you. But I can't, so it's oh, just a shortcut well, for you. It's just a shortcut that it's a widget that I poke at every day of the year. Thank you. Yeah, and you won't be that surprised because there aren't that many holidays. But who knows? Perfect. Okay, John, what do you have for James? All right, for James, James, I made you a trophy. I made you the world's greatest calculator app trophy. And it's really meant to sit right alongside your Eddie from Macworld back in the day. So, you know, I got, but but I felt like that wasn't quite enough. I mean, you know, trophies, no big deal, right? You've got a million of them. I also got you some beard oil because we know, James, how precious you are about your beard. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I, I hope that this trophy is quite shiny so that I can look in it and I can see my beard. Because, yes, you are right that everybody in the UK really likes their beards. James, I'm just going to remind you again. Who got you that Macworld trophy? <laughs> <laughs> someone, in the, someone in the room. It was a legitimate process. But who is, who is your guy in the room, okay? There is no collusion right. in the trophy market. <laughs> All right, James. What do you have for John? So I have got John. This is very special. Um, it is a year's membership. And you know how we like to support other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's a year's membership to The Prompt Pro. And I think they're on episode 434 now. Um, it's a great podcast. I think it's about how to use the terminal app or something. But it's by friends of the show, uh, Mike, Federico, uh, and Stephen, or as we call them, the MFS. Um, I mean, nice. some people pronounce it MFs, but uh, MFS is polite. <laughs> this is a family show. Um, but I, I think we should have them on our show one day. Oh, that would be a good idea. You know, who would have thought that you could get over 400 episodes all about the terminal? I mean, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, those those guys are just, they work hard, right? So yeah, yeah, you should yeah. do that. Well, relay.fm slash membership if you want to be a member of our show, Connected, or of the prompt, you can do that right there. Um, okay, John, what do you have for me? I do have something for you, Jason. It's, I, I, I talked to Apple and I pulled some strings, and I got them to agree to stop fiddling around with the Photos app, so you could have a year, <laughs> so you could have a year off from writing your book. And and I, they also they went a step further though. They said that they're going to take that engineering time, and they're going to they're going to implement a proper audio system on the iPads so that you can start uh, recording all of your shows well, on your iPad Pro. I am impressed that you're that that you talk to somebody who has that power. Um, but I guess you're that well connected, which I, I am. fits with the name of the show. So that makes sense. That's probably why the yeah. show is called what it is. I would think that's where it started. That John is so well connected. Mm. All right, uh, last in the Christmas gift exchange is me for James. James, I bought you a pound of dice. Did you know that they sell dice by the pound? They do. I, I did. It's a sorted <laughs> dice. It weighs a pound. I, I'm sorry I didn't do it in metric. Uh, I did the conversion, and uh, I, I did actually weigh some dice just there. And I think that's about 13 complete sets worth of dice. So that's, that's great. Yes, I, I have to warn you, they are just loaded by weight, so I can't. they may not be sets at all. They may be just kind of weird dice. They might have weird like textures or something. I don't honestly know, because that's what happens when you buy dice by weight but i hope that there are some gems in there i i think you shouldn't use the term loaded when you're talking about dice otherwise i might get in trouble with tony all right well um that was great i think i we're all looking forward to getting our gifts in the gift exchange let's uh let's do this again next year i love it it's it's a holiday tradition uh we have of course another great tradition for the end of the year coming up but first uh james is going to tell you about our sponsor this week james 
so this episode of Connected is brought to you by Unchecked Corruption and the Lifetime Award-winning Peacock. Uh, the only scientific calculator that can order food from local restaurants, tells you when your website is down, and is also a pizza oven. Jason, I believe you had to calculate a special number recently. How did that go? It uh, it didn't go great, honestly, because it was uh, I was trying to multiply and then I need to clear the calculator and I can never remember the difference between the AC button and the C button. <laughs> I, I just press the AC well, uh, button a bunch of times. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Well, that sounds wonderful. Uh, go to peekout.com slash connected and you can save yourself the time it would take to Google for it. Thanks to Peekout for their support of this show. And by support, I mean the large envelope of cash. Thank you to our sponsors. With that, it brings us to... That time. I know everybody who listens to Connected wants this. It is time for the pickies, our annual contest. Ah, the pickies. We do our picks for what is going to happen next year. And so I have to ask everybody, please stand for the reading of the pickies charter. Rule number one. There are two types of pickies, the annual pickies and WWDC pickies. No other pickies shall ever be introduced. Two. The winner of the annual pickies is named Grand Admiral Pickerton and retains the title for a full year. Number three, the WWDC pickies winner is named the San Jose Shindig King and retains the title until the next WWDC is held. Number four, order for annual pickies and WWDC pickies is based on the winner of the previous year. Number five, the winner goes second. The loser flips a coin to determine who goes first and who goes third. Jason is the only person allowed to flip a coin, and he cannot use an app to do so. Number six, uh, to earn any points, everything written down in the prediction document must come true. Number seven, there are no half points awarded in any round, but other fractions are allowed. Eight, three points are awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first round. Nine, Two points are awarded for any pick deemed correct in the second round. Ten. One point will be awarded for correct picks in the lightning round. Eleven. Any pick that comes true in the first half of the year is worth double. Twelve. Your total percentage of wrong answers will be multiplied by five and deducted from your final score. Okay, I got to jump in here because this is one of those places that I said I wanted last time. I said I wanted to do a rule change. Yeah, fair enough. As many listeners may remember, we had an argument about what percentage meant and whether if it was 25%, you you multiplied by 25 or you multiplied by 0.25. Right. Um, So I want to specify we mean decimal percentage so that we're deducting 1.25 instead of 125. Yes, in my former uh, life as a lawyer, we would have said this in a contract as we'd say we'd say that it was expressed as a fraction. So the, okay. the yeah, percentage is expressed by a fraction is what I would say. Yeah, it's almost as if this rule was added so we'd need to use a calculator at some point. Mm. Mm. Well, either, either okay, let's do expressed as a fraction. I, I I trust the law language of John here as always. That's fair. All yeah. right, number thirteen. The two other hosts must agree that at least one of your picks is not obvious and that one of your picks is pretty cool. All right. 14. No picking things not actually unrelated to Apple or the tech industry. So, again, this is a place where we need to change this. We need to remove one of the negatives from that statement. There's a lot of negatives. I'm going to redo all my picks. Oh, I see. It's not actually, no, not actually unrelated. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) You see, Boolean logic will get you every time. It's the Uh, John, do you have any, do you have any law recommendations Mm. for us here? (laughs) How about something really simple? Like everything has to be related to Apple or the tech industry. Okay. 
great. Let's do that. Everything. I'm going to do it right now. Everything. Every pick has, has to, to be. be related. Every pick has to be. Okay. That's our new new rule. New rule. Good. I think that was a that, that's our record there. That was a triple. That was a triple negative we had going there. Well, we have the triple negative. So. <sighs> I wish the uh, yeah. I, whoever wrote this. Somebody document. needs an editor. Mm. Yeah. Ser- seriously. Okay, number 15. No picking things that the picker of the pick could make come true by themselves or by inducing others, including, and this is important, taking a job at Apple. We all know what that's regarding. Uh, Number 16. No picking things that are not provably true or false. Whether or not you can prove a negative is best left for the philosophers. Number 17. No altering the prediction document after the show is over. We all remember what happened in 2020. As an aside, I'm gonna I'm going to mint this as an NFT, so we all know that that means it'll be unalterable and uncopyable. That's good on the blockchain. That's where it belongs. Yes. Okay, number eighteen, and we're we're into the important stuff here. After the scoring is complete, each host must place the official Picky's refrigerator magnet in the proper configuration on their refrigerator for the entirety of the next year, and that's winner at the center of the door, second place in the lower left corner and third place in the lower right corner. All right. That's right. We uh, we need to sell those next year because people are going to love those. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I do want to put in a, a proposed rule change here because uh, if your fridge door is not made from a ferrous metal like mine, um, you're allowed to use Bluetack or some other adhesive substance to secure the magnets because they keep falling off my fridge. I'm going to propose a separate rule that, J- that James needs to get himself a new fridge. Just saying. Well, I mean, if it comes out of the show's budget, then fine. See, I don't think this rule change is necessary because all the rules say is that you must place the magnets in the configuration. It doesn't say anything about, I mean, <laughs> they're magnets, off. so I guess it... So, I so guess if it, they it, fall it, on the floor, I could just put them away? No, they must remain in the in the configuration, but you can place them there by any means. So if you wanted to like super glue them on or something, you could do that, but you have to be prepared to pull them off and move them. Well, I don't year. need to. I don't need to because I win every year. So, you know, it's mm. fine. I can just super glue. It's not true. It's not true. You don't win every year. One last year. You say, you say that now because... Mm, He's doing it again. <laughs> every year. You're number 19. You know, that's what you do every year. You you claim you always win every year, but you don't always win every year. We shall see. Number 19. The winner of each competition will be given access to the official competition Twitter accounts at WWDC Shindig King and at Picky's Admiral as appropriate. All right, and that's the end of the rules. Everybody can sit back down. That oh, was the finally. that was the the official Picky's charter being read. Um, Twenty twenty one winner was James. Uh, just to recap, uh, he is both Admiral Pickerton and the San Jose Shindig King. Yeah, yeah, right. as as mm. always. No, not as always. Okay, let's just get to the picks. Let's start arguing about this. People want to hear the picks. Uh, and per the the uh, the rules, I need to flip a real coin to determine who goes first and who goes third. John, I'm going to let you call it heads or tails. And uh, if it comes up the one you called, we got to specify all this because the shenanigans, if it comes up the one you called, you get to go first. All right. I call tails. All right, tails. Now, let's. how do I flip this thing? It came up tails, so you, John, get to go first. In the first round is the three-point round. What do you have? Well, my my first prediction, my first picky, is that Apple's going to introduce a standalone display next year. And it's not (sighs) one that's connected, obviously, to a laptop or to an iMac. I'm talking about a standalone display that's less, that costs less than a Pro Display XDR. 
Mm-hmm. I feel that we should have a rule about not being able to reuse your picks because you <laughs> pick this every single year. <laughs> it's going to be true someday, someday. right? Like, I, I actually I like him throwing away his three points year after year after year on the white whale that, that is that's the standalone true. Apple display. <laughs> that's it's true. like air power. It's the new air power. I think. I just want to say I just want to officially handicap this that uh, that uh, I fear that John is actually correct this time, and uh, I think it's, it's killing a lock. me that John won the coin flip because I think this is the year that 2022 is the year where it's going to happen. So my pick is that Apple will introduce a Mac in 2022 that is more than twice as fast as any existing Mac from 2021. All right. We need to clarify this, James. What do you mean by Mm. twice as fast? Come on. Let us clarify this in terms of, say, the uh, multi-core benchmark uh um, or uh, what is it the geekbench score yeah, Geek, yeah let's go with geekbench as a good uh because yeah. i think yeah the single core is probably not gonna get uh be twice as fast but i think the multi-core is definitely I, i'm figuring they're just gonna add in some more uh processors basically into this thing of of the sort of uh, m1 max style but just with more processors so this is a this is basically okay so this is the four core. This is the rumored four die Mac Pro is probably what you're predicting here yeah. because a two die might not actually be twice as fast, which is... Yeah, that's why I put in the padding to just say twice as fast because I figure if we get a four die one, it's, it's definitely going to do it. And my other question is about introduce as a term. Um, how can we score it if it is introduced but not uh, shipping? Well, by the by, the legal language of my uh, prediction, I think that I would get the points. I don't like that. I think you, I think it needs to ship. All right, all right, okay, fine. I, I, you know, this is this is my three points, but I, I will because. Well, I'm how can a, we? How I, can I'm we a, get a Geekbench score if it if nobody has it? If it's just been announced? There's well, no score. what 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 will happen is it will be in the hands of some journalists who will accidentally upload their Geekbench score, as happens every year. Okay, actually, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to I I think this is fair as it is because if there's no score then you don't get it there has to be somebody has to have a score and i'll just point out to the rules james you can't upload a fake geekbench score in order to win this because we'll know we'll find out we'll figure that it comes out. that is covered under the rules of inducing others and so on so yeah. all right all right all right it has to be available on the internet i mean we're not talking about a geekbench score that someone told you about that they ran and didn't upload this right. has to be something that jason and i can can see on the web well, my three-point pick is going to kind of piggyback on John's a little bit because John uh, stopped my pick there. I am going to say that iPadOS is going to finally, 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 finally get non-mirrored external display support. Talk about the pick that comes up every single time. Jason, <laughs> I know. you're, you're <laughs> a broken you record. I, I, I'm hoping that the picks will make it true. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm still going to hope against all evidence. I feel like all everything is lining up. We have pointer support in iPadOS. We got the keyboard support in iPadOS. We got new windowing that was introduced in iOS 15. We've got that great standalone display that John is going to make happen uh, with his pick. Indeed. And so I'm just going to ride in there and say, how would Apple do this without finally having it be the last piece of the puzzle for iPadOS? So yeah, that's my choice. Well, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. All right. Well, that's it for round one. Why don't we head into round two? And you okay. know, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off with at WWC, Apple will introduce a new home strategy that includes at least one new product. What do you guys think of that? I think it's very vague, but um, <laughs> that's what I mean, scoring is all about. 
do they have an existing home strategy? Oh, well. No. Mm, that's true. Maybe I should not say new. <laughs> Apple will have a home strategy and will re- and will introduce a new home product. Yeah. Yeah, I like this pick because I I also want to believe that there will be something and I like the vagueness of it because you can get this these two points if you get that uh, Amazon Echo like right the screen uh, thing that has a screen and a center stage camera maybe and sits in your kitchen and is also a HomePod. If they did the sound bar, if they do something we don't even know, um, bring back airport, like anything will get you that point. Um, but honestly, I I think I would still call this um, a non obvious pick because it requires Apple to have a home strategy. Yeah. Okay. Uh- <laughs> So my pick, I, I'm going to be betting heavily on uh, AR and VR in my picks this year. So if Apple doesn't do any of this, I'm just completely out of the running. So my pick is a developer kit will be introduced for Apple's mixed reality headset at WWDC, but the headset itself will not actually ship to consumers during 2022. Now, there's a couple of things that can trip me up here. One if it's only an AR headset, then I don't know that I get the mixed reality. Um, but I'm I'm fairly sure that developers are going to get something, but I don't think consumers are going to get anything until next year. Uh, I'm just going to read my pick now because it's in direct opposition to your pick. My pick <laughs> I, is... I noticed. Anyone who wants an Apple headset will be able to buy one by the end of 2022 without becoming a developer. That's my choice. So you're saying there will be something, but it won't ship to consumers. And I will say that if you want to buy one, I'm not saying it'll be a good buy. I'm not saying it makes sense that people spend the money on it. But that regardless, if you want to get one, you'll be able to put down money to buy one by the end of 2022. Without, because without, I knew you guys were going to ask, without spending $99 becoming a developer and then buying an Apple headset. They can just go get one. They can order one online or maybe go into the Apple store. I don't know. Well, I think this is an interesting one because it's going to we're going to have some rules uh, language on you know be able to buy one. What does this mean? Um but I I am prepared I'm prepared to accept this uh, as a pick. Uh how about how about order? Can I change it to order? Would that make it better or worse for you? No, I I no, I, okay. I I because like, you know, you could order one and it doesn't ship until 2024. So right. I'm not I'm not going to let you All have right. that. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll take it, John. You okay with it? Yeah, I think I'm okay with this. <laughs> you're just you're spoken like a man who is watching his two competitors kill each other while you just run on by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Says the man with the home strategy. All right, that brings us to the lightning round of the pickies. Uh, this is basically a draft. Uh, multiple selections are allowed. We're going to do uh, up to five rounds. You can drop out at any point if you want to chance it on the percentage uh, deduction. That's in the rules. Uh, you have to do some math to do that, so I leave that to James. But you can also do all five rounds, which is generally what we we always do. We limited it to five because there was that one time that James picked 12 things, and uh, the show was too long. But it worked. <sighs> James it also work. won this last time because he he was using P-Calc in the background. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was, oh, yeah. It's he all was about calculating cal- his odds. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I, I mean, it's really bad podcasting if you just drop out after one pick. Um, but uh, if it's strategically fa- favorable, James will just do whatever he Yeah, where's he the wants. excitement so in that? You know, where's the excitement? Yeah, we usually that? do five picks. I, I'm in this to win. I'm, you know, I'm not in this for podcasting. We know we know it. We know it. All right. Uh, so we'll alternate picks. No duplication of picks because it's a draft. And uh, John won the coin toss. So, John, what's your first pick in round one? All right. I'm, go- I'm going to say that Eddie Q is going to return to the next Apple keynote 
to talk about services, but he won't dance, unfortunately. Oh, I love a stagecraft pick. This is like a a, a non-stagecraft pick, but still, stagecraft is involved. So Eddie appearance without dancing. Yeah, it's been too long since we've seen Eddie. You know, it's I, I, my favorite, literally, my absolute favorite WWDC was the music one where Eddie and Drake were up there. And uh, I, I'm hoping that we'll get that again. But, um, you know, I think the reality is we'll probably just get Eddie talking about services and, and maybe something something else that's one of my other picks. Oh, okay. Oh, I <laughs> Don't want to give I it away and have one of you guys mm, swipe it. No, no spoilers. Okay, James. Okay, mine is at least one Mac will be introduced in 2022 that is available in regular Pro and Max processor configurations at once. All right. I I was writing my Macworld article previewing the the 2022 in the Mac, uh, which I think might be posted just now. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to, I was thinking about the same thing and I was trying to think, um, and I, I'm just going to say it, James, your pick, uh, I saw it in the doc and I, I added it to my article because I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> but this is the part that I stumbled on is what, what Mac model spans the, the M1 or M2 and the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. What do you have any thoughts? I mean, you're picking at least one, and that's fine. But I'm curious what you think is the most likely Mac to do that. I think the iMac is one, and I think the Mac Mini might be mm. another. But I think the iMac Ooh. is probably the, the my safe bet for this. That we are going to have with the same industrial design. We are not the same colors, possibly. But the same industrial design, we're going to have a regular Pro and Max configuration that you can buy. Very interesting. I, I could right. see it for the Mini too, but I think probably yeah. iMac is the better bet. Yeah, I I think the Mac Mini might be the better bet, but I'm also unclear mm. whether they're going to something that maybe somebody could pick if they want to. But I, I I wonder about if we're going to see a Mac Mini Pro, and if the reason that they have shipped the one Mac Mini and then the, the other Mac Mini is still on the price line is they may make a a split there and the have like an M1 Mac Mini and then the Pro and the Max be the the Mac Mini Pro or something like that. Right. But um but I agree. I think James's best bet here is probably that they release an iMac Pro that comes in three chip configurations or something like or a high-end yeah. iMac that comes in three chip configurations. Um uh, whatever it's called. Okay, my choice is going to be Universal Control ships before WWDC. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's good to be optimistic. <laughs> See, this is the thing is it seems obvious and yet is it obvious? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I it, it feels to me like this is the kind of thing that's going to ship in the spring when new M1 Macs or not M1, but you know, Apple Silicon Macs are introduced because it's a perfect time to show it off again is at a March or April event. Right. Hey, remember this feature that we announced uh, previously? <laughs> it still works and it works with these new computers too. I don't know. I, I, I think you cannot... Uh, guarantee it but uh but i'm gonna pick it because I, I i'm optimistic that it'll ship before wwdc uh round two john what do you have all right round two i am gonna go with something a little safer a little safer bet this time i'm going to predict that the notes app is going to gain smart folders based on both tags and other metadata yeah yeah, I think I think you're right. It, strangely missing from iOS 15, right? Like exactly. it's in reminders, but it's not in notes, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, this seems to be where the market's going as well. So yeah, I could see this certainly being a thing that uh, Apple introduces. Yeah, I, I bet they had that feature and then they just couldn't ship it and they they delayed it because it, it usually notes and reminders move in somewhat of a lockstep and for reminders to get those features, yeah. Right, they're usually pretty close. And there's, you know, people will say it's Sherlocking and all that, but it's not because if it's an obvious feature, I don't think it counts as a Sherlock. 
Yeah. All right. James? Uh, so mine, uh, looking forward to the uh, Mac Pro, uh, the Apple Silicon Mac Pro will not support discrete graphics cards or any other form of PCIe cards for expansion. So like the, the new one or the, the current one, you know, it, it's an old school style, you know, uh, Power Mac type case that you can slap lots of cards in. But I think that that is going to be a one-off and I think they're going to have, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a perfect cube, but I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> I am right now uh, making myself a note for the story that I'm going to write in two to three years time about that golden era of eGPUs that we had for about a split second with Mac. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of am with you, James. I, I think Apple just like at this point is like, we can, we can beat like Nvidia and all that at their own game, whether they can or not remains to be seen. But uh, I I think they just don't feel they need the discrete graphics cards anymore. They can do it all in their own silicon. Yes, because you know gaming doesn't require that. Uh, they've got you know they're the the champions of of casual gaming, and you can do that on Apple Silicon. Maybe you don't need a discrete GPU for that. I agree with you about the GPU. I think that Apple's going to say, look, we we will sell you 128 GPU cores if you want, and that's going to need to be good enough. And I think what we've seen with the for at least the markets that they really care about, that with the the MacBook Pro with the high end Pro Max chip, right? Well, Max chip M1 Max Pro Max. I'm so confused because they're <laughs> Max and they run the M1 Max chip. Anyway, they've they've shown that the GPU power is pretty good, so I'll get that. I think where you might get bitten here, James, is this any other form of PCIe cards? Because what I think Apple might offer is pathways for storage and io expansion mm. um that might be internal i i you know storage especially takes up i mean i know you can add like things and chain them off with thunderbolt but i wonder if they've listened to customers who want to put beefy storage things inside a box that is all self-contained and if that's the the only expansion that they're going to offer i, I think all the expansion they're going to have is external i don't think they're going to have wow. any internal right. expansion well, wow. i think because they've got you know all the various thunderbolts and whatever mm. coming what about, just me- gonna what say, about memory though james stuff. what about memory i mean i could see memory being a thing that would be in an internal store, internal. No, uh, I, I think Apple will just they'll sell a hundred and twenty eight gigabyte thing, and if and that's going to that's going to have the majority of it's going to cover the majority of customers, and All they're right. not going to build a box that can be turned into something for anybody. All right, that's that cool pick. Um, I I think it is definitely a uh, a not obvious pick. Uh, I'm gonna uh, piggyback on John again. John, you know, um, if you had lost the coin flip, this would have made me look much more original. But uh, <laughs> since you picked the Apple Notes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that, and I'm gonna say Apple Notes is gonna get on the Notes cross linking train in iOS 16. Oh, they are going nice. to they're gonna do that thing where they're gonna do the Obsidian. Uh, craft, roam research, et cetera, et cetera thing. They're going to do it in a way that frustrates power users of those apps, but that they, Apple thinks is sort of an apple way to do it for everybody else who uses Notes. So you combine that with the tags and other metadata and kind of like making Notes a more kind of... like Notes has come a long way, but it's still got more places that it could go. So I think, I think they're going to ride that train. Yeah, I could see that happening. I think they'll do it with like 
colorful little pills or something that are your links back instead of, you know, those ugly, just text-based links. I think it'll be, yeah, if they do it, they'll do it a little bit like how they've done with tagging with having a, a cloud, a cloud of tags, but a cloud of, of links, maybe. I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. It's, it's, it's kind of a power user feature, but it feels like notes is, is ready for that kind of thing. All right. Good. I, I thank you for your endorsement. Yeah. We're, we're hoping for big things for notes in 2022 is what we're saying here. All right. Okay, what's your pick, John? Round three. For round three, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that the 13-inch MacBook Pro is going to be discontinued because I, th- I, I think what we're yeah. going to get, Woo! we're going to get uh, a refresh of the MacBook Air, which is 13 inches, and we've already got the 14 mm-hmm. and 16 of the new MacBook Pros. There's no place in the lineup for a 13-inch Pro at this point, I don't think. We'll have a, a beefier Air, and we'll have the 14 and 16. And it, that makes a lot more sense than having that, that oddball 13-inch MacBook Pro in the lineup. I want to believe. I like You know how I love it when blood fills the streets as Apple <laughs> destroys products? Like, I, I love it. Uh, and this product is an odd one out, right? It, it's, just, it's, it's just there to hold down the bottom of the price list. And right. so I could see them updating it with, a, with like a... Uh, the new chip options and taking off the touch bar, but otherwise leaving it kind of as it is. But I think you're right. It makes more sense for Apple to come up with uh, a a MacBook Air focused strategy. And I'm actually a little disappointed that we haven't heard rumors that Apple is going to do a couple MacBook Airs, maybe like a a 12 and a 14 or a 13 and a 15. And and there are rumors that they're going to make a big uh, iPhone that's not a Pro Max, but just an iPhone Max, sort of like saying, look, we know you don't want to spend the maximum amount of money, but you want a bigger phone. So maybe at some point they could do that with a MacBook Air and like throw a bigger screen on a MacBook Air, but still let it be a MacBook Air and be cheaper instead of this 13 MacBook Pro nonsense. So yeah, I mean, pick. neither Apple is basically controlling all of the things. It's just a question of, you know, w- what chip you put in which uh, case. And they can do all sorts of things. And I think they should definitely be flexible enough that if you wanted a, a low-end but big screen product, you can get one. All right. James, what's your choice? Uh, so uh, continuing uh, on the uh, AR headset, VR headset, I think that Apple will announce that Apple Arcade will have AR and VR titles at the launch, at the consumer launch of their headset. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about a- about AR. You mentioned this in an earlier pick, and I want to ask about it again. Are you thinking that you're going to be able to like see out of these things, or is it going to be one of those things where the- you're seeing a view of reality filtered through the cameras that are on the outside of it? Oh, I think it will be uh, a view of reality filtered through cameras. I mean, I think that still counts as augmented reality because what you're seeing is, you know, the- as close as they can do it, it just looks like you're looking through a little window. But I think it's going to be entirely done through cameras because projecting stuff directly into your eyes or whatever, I think that technology is too far away. Yeah. Or even transparent lenses that where they can they can reflect down like an overlay over like that's that's asking a lot of engineers. Yeah, I, I think like if they're gonna ship something in, you know, the next six months to year or whatever, it's gonna be not a million miles away from where an Oculus Quest is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get this pick. The only thing that I would suggest is that it's not going to be 2022 because Apple and gaming, is they're not exactly at the forefront. So I it, it, i think it'll happen eventually, but I think it'll be more like a 2023 thing. I, th- I think with this stuff, they're just going to, they're going to pay like uh, 
a whole bunch a lot of, of money. AR and VR developers throw money at them. So they've got some stuff that they can say, look, if you subscribe to Apple Arcade, you also get games on this thing. Yeah, that, that could be. I mean, that's a, that's essentially how Apple Arcade went down when it was launched, was they just threw a bunch of money at people and said, here, make make your game work with our thing. And that's essentially what happened. And, and it's not like they have a shortage of money and they definitely want to promote this thing. If I had to guess uh, a sort of a timeline based on James's picks, James, tell me if this is what you're actually thinking, is there'll be a developer kit announced at WWDC and people will be evangelized on it. And then like toward the end of the year, Apple will make an announcement that they're they're going to launch it, and maybe that rolls into twenty two. But they will have made the they maybe they announce that they're going to ship it in the fall. Does that does that sort of fit with your timeline here? Um, I I don't. It's hard to say, but I think the one thing like when they did like Apple TV and things like that, uh, developers could get uh, an early version of that, and they had like I think it was a couple of months head start. Yeah, and yep, similar I have with, one of those Apple TVs. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But the the AR VR stuff is such a different uh, way of doing it. I mean, the Apple TV, you know, it's basically like writing an iPhone app. But this is, I think, you know, this goes way beyond the picks. But I think they're going to have to introduce, you know, whole UI frameworks, new things for this device. Okay. And I guess what I'm asking though is that you you did a you picked that this would be a developer kit, but you're also saying when they launch it, they're going to have titles. So those are like developers who were brought in before the launch of the developer kit? No, I'm saying that when they, uh, Apple is going to announce that it will have titles at the launch of the headset. I'm saying that announcement will happen next year. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying that the titles ship, but I think as when they do their, 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 at WWDC, they're obviously going to talk about the consumer headset, not just Mm. say, oh, we've got this thing. uh, It's only for developers. Everybody else look away. So they're going to talk about it and they're going to like say what their goals are and what kind of things they want to do. So, yeah. John, I feel like this headset thing is our opportunity to dethrone James. I, I think, think it, it really is. is. He's all in this year. Uh, it has know. to be done. You've got to be brave with your picks. You know, you need passion. So I'm told. Yeah. It's true. Uh, well, I'm going to do the thing that I always do that you guys give me a hard time for, which is I try to include myself in at least one of my picks. So here it is. It's always about Jason. It yeah. is. It is. It's always about me. I love picking myself. Come on. So this is my choice. And I know that we're in a uh, rough time right now in terms of the pandemic, but I'm going to choose to look on the bright side and be optimistic. And I'm going to predict that I will set foot on the Apple Park campus this year by invitation. I'm not going to break in. <laughs> Does this count if you get if you go for a job interview? No, because of the rules, I can't induce it. Okay, I would have just, to. Just, I would have to agree to that. If they if they really secretly wanted to offer me a job by by a mysterious figure saying come to the Apple Park campus and go in this entrance and we will tell you more will be revealed then at ca- at the Cafe Max or whatever. No, I'd be meet, like, okay. meet me in the underground parking lot in but, the, <laughs> right, spot E thirty one. What I'm really saying is what what I'm trying to encompass with this pick is first off that there might be a an event with limited press at the Steve Jobs Theater, but also right. potentially that they might do a briefing in person that because the those happen in briefing rooms. So I don't want to just pick the Steve Jobs Theater. And if there's something else where they have, sometimes they do weird stuff. Apple hasn't done this so much, but sometimes they do weird stuff where they're like, uh, come to see our, our AR thing and it'll be out in the by the rainbow uh, in the center. <laughs> but that would still be an invitation to Apple Park. I'm just saying right. uh, I will get back to Apple Park, which I have not been into since uh, 2019 iPhone event, I think. Oh, so, yeah. wow. Well, I want to I want to exclude the visitor center, uh, Jason, because I don't want you driving down there this weekend and you know buying the a campus, T-shirt. 
Well, what? First off, the visitor center is not going to invite me, and two, True. it's not the campus, right? It's across yeah, the street. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. very okay. deliberately kept apart from. Yes. Uh, oh, they don't. They don't let the the uh, the Apple Store buyers in the real campus. That's there's the, the gates and the. You can go up to the roof and you can look at Apple Park through the trees and you can see like a little glimpse of it. But no, they, it is very, there's a big wall. All right. I just want to clarify that because I don't want, I don't want any, you know, shenanigans like we had last oh, year. Oh no, no shenanigans. I think that this is actually a, a fairly solid pick because, you know, I, I had a, a draft pick, which I, I'm not picking this time, but I think that uh, they're not going to have uh, WWDC, but I think they are going to get when they when they have this headset uh reveal they're going to get people down to try it on because you know it uh, unlike most of the other products i think actually using it in person is going to be such a big thing about it all right uh john we're in round 4 of the lightning round what's your choice all right well this pick is probably wish casting on my part but you got to lead with your heart sometimes so i'm going to say That's that right. apple it's part of the passion it is it is i'm going to say that apple finally updates safari reading list because they haven't touched it since they created it basically <laughs> and i would just all i want is something like folders for instance or or <laughs> offline mode that actually works are you saying that you know apple is the kind of company that puts out features and then just never touches them again it happens I, I once don't. in a while once in a great while but or you know by great i mean most of the time <laughs> but but yeah it does happen i think this is wish casting but i love it it I is love... it is wish casting i understand james okay now th- this is this is my uh furthest out pick i think um the aforementioned ar vr headset is going to have a sensor on it that can detect mouth shapes and other facial expressions and the reason that i'm saying things like this is so that when you're having uh uh, FaceTime 3D uh, call with somebody. This thing can animate your face of your avatar or whatever based on your actual expressions. Mm. So I mean, wow, just, this is just heavy into the Memoji Memoji land here. Well, you? you know, yes. we know Tim loves his Memoji. Um, just just imagine, like you know, the front facing uh, sensor on an iPhone, but that pointed down at your at your face. I mean, I'm okay with this pick. I, I I came to the realization a little while ago that Memoji is one of those stealth features that Apple has been talking about a lot. Uh thinking that it's just like why are they trying to make Memojis happen so so hard? And now I realize that it's because of AR and VR that they want everybody to have a personalized avatar for themselves once they do a FaceTime where they're wearing a headset. And they they added like arms and stuff in one mm-hmm. of the recent updates. Yeah, I think we're we're heading for uh, full uh, memoji memojification. Um, mm. If it's between the memoji and uh, Mark Zuckerberg's avatar in the metaverse, I'll go with memoji every time. That's I'm I'm just saying. I, I don't love the memoji art style, but uh, at least we're not all using Bitmoji. Because I exactly. really don't like Bitmoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry to everybody who likes Bitmoji. I do not like them. I'm going to uh, make a Stagecraft pick now, which is at some point in 2022, there will be a video made for an Apple event of some kind featuring Ted Lasso, a, te- a pre-filmed Ted Lasso bit. They're going to do a Ted Lasso bit. They're shooting the third season of Ted Lasso, and I think that there will be something in there that'll be like a little comedy bit mm. that they will uh, that will use. I think Apple is not going to stop trying to exploit uh, Ted Lasso 
at uh, at every point. And I think that this is now that they've won all the awards and all of that and are back in production. Now is the time where they're going to say, can you, you know, make us write up a little comedy bit that we'll we'll do for the next Apple event and uh, and that they will. So that's that's my pick It's just like never underestimate Apple's promotion of Ted Lasso. I can totally see a slightly nervous Tim backstage being given a pep talk by Ted. I mean, that just feels oh, like man. it's so surprising it hasn't happened already. Yeah, that's true, too. They could do it. They could do it then. Well, now that they're in production, they couldn't do it. They, they could do it with the cast, but they're right. Jason Sudeikis could just uh, come out and shoot that somewhere. They could do a fake backstage in London. There are lots of ways to do it. I'm just saying, how will they resist? So I don't think they will. I'm hoping for the claymation version, like the little Christmas short that they did with a little Clay Tim coming out on the stage. Oh, man. The Apple holiday special in claymation. <laughs> yes. That's what we need. Next year, we should do our holiday special in claymation. Have, nobody will know. We could do it now. We could just say we're in claymation now and nobody would know. We are. I mean, what are you, what are you saying? Of course we are. Of course we are. We are. It's officially it. Uh, last round, John, what's your last pick? All right. Well, you know that Apple bought Prime Phonic in 2021, and I think that we will see in 2022 the introduction of a classical music-focused app. I think mm. this is kind of a lock. They've all but said that they're doing this, and I think that music is ripe for a a little bit of a refresh um both both with breaking out something like classical music which doesn't fit the model of the music app as it exists today but also possibly and this is not part of the pick splitting out streaming and owned music i really think that that ought to be done at some point i'm not sure that that'll ever be done but i think classical is different enough that they will in fact do a separate classical app i've got a a suggestion for the name of the app john classical music (laughs) that would be very very appropriate jason we got music and (laughs) classical music the problem with that is it's too long to fit on an iphone screen oh so i think it's just going to be classical oh maybe it'll be like class dot 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 music classy (laughs) yeah that's good i'm just saying and apple music's right there so just apple it's classical music come on classical apple classical oh james so this is also wish casting in a way um my pick is that no apple executive will say the words metaverse blockchain or nft during any apple event in 2022 oh i think that's a good i think that's a good call actually Mm. i agree i will be really disappointed if they do yeah (laughs) (laughs) so will i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed yeah. to use that word. No, I think you're right. I think even if Apple did things that were involving the metaverse, the blockchain, and the N- N- the NFT, <laughs> the NFTs, uh, I think that uh, they wouldn't call it that because Apple's too proud. And they would be like, no, 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 this isn't blockchain. This is using secure encryption technology to verify your, right? They would just, they would, they would tech it up and apple it up and they wouldn't call it blockchain and pretty much any company that's announced something with nfts has had to do a notes apology about three days later saying that they have dropped all plans to do it so or i should say any reputable company mm. i like it um and i like the stagecraft picks so thank you i'm gonna go way out on the limb guys with a, the vaguest of picks and yet i think it's risky because you never know with apple i predict and I'm picking for my last pick, the last pick of the pickies for this year. Apple will introduce a new service with a monthly fee option. Classical music. Huh? Could be anything. 
Yes. I, I don't care, but I just, it's like Apple will find another way to pull money out of your wallet. That's, I, I, that's my I can't prediction. see that it be the classical music thing because they're not going to pull all the existing classical music out of the Apple Music app. But yeah, I could see definitely them doing something. Um, Apple loves services revenue. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, know what it is. I actually, that's why I think it's a tricky pick is I don't know whether it's, that would be another name we could call this the trickies. Well, nah, nah uh, pickies is fine. That's not gonna catch uh, you. Tricky pickies. So, um, <laughs> I I do think that I I I struggle to figure out what it is, but I I have faith in Apple. I I've got a suggestion, and I think okay. it's going to be a difficult one. They do a paid service around health. Interesting. Hmm. You Interesting. know, so for for you know ten dollars a month, we will tell you if you've got a deadly disease, or I don't know. Whatever, but they could do something. I think there's a, there's a lot in the health space, which is also very highly regulated. But mm. if, say, they introduce new sensors on an Apple Watch, which go beyond the kind of like just base consumer level stuff, like, um, I don't know, you know, uh, blood sugar monitoring and that kind of thing, maybe they have a service that goes along with that. So you're, what you're saying, James, is is your Apple Watch can tell you whether you're about to die, but but only if you pay nine ninety nine a month. Pay? Well, I don't think Tim is going to like announce it like that, but yeah, <laughs> be, so be a shame if something happened. happened to you. Right. <laughs> nice body you've got there. Shame if something happened to it. All right. Well, that does it. That wraps up the annual pickies, and uh, we'll just have to be back here in a year to uh, do the calculations and figure out how uh, how we all did. Um, but we'll, we'll do that. I, I'm got, feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling really good about my picks this year. I I feel like the uh, WWDC will tell all because that'll yeah. be uh, James's all or nothing bet on AR. And yeah, we'll definitely. The details. And I, of course, I imagine the connected uh, listeners, the uh, our our favorite connected listeners, the uh, the connected, as I like to call them, <laughs> the connected. Um, I I I'm sure somebody out there has already created a a. Uh, a picky's spreadsheet which has uh got all of the deductions for points and all of that in there and the, the extra bonuses for the first half of the year and and uh i'm sure it's already there uh so thank you for that and we'll watch out for that let's move on but before we do that we have uh our next sponsor this episode of connected is brought to you by connected plus what does the plus mean? The plus means that you get more of connected. You get more connected content. You get more connected japes. I mean, the, the fourth J is japes after all. Mm-hmm, that's right. Triple J plus japes. That's us. You get more japes. You get more content. You, now, you might think that you get more ads, but actually what you get is more of fewer ads. Think about it. You're getting more of, of, of less. Oh, of, I see. I think what you're saying is the plus that what the, what it really means is that the the plus is the new dollar sign. There's more for us, right? You, me, and and James, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And James knows from math that uh, it, it's a plus. Within in parentheses, there's a minus, which is the ads then are removed, and it's an addition of by subtraction, ah, essentially. Exactly. And we were going to call it connected pro, but James insisted on plus because you know math and also connected minus didn't sound very good and connected divide or multiply integral it doesn't really work so plus connected dollar sign had problems with our back end system so yeah you, it's true you know it's also I'm, a little too real yeah yeah <laughs> i'm all i'm all about the plus guys i'm i'm good with it all right so uh, go to relay.fm slash connected slash join. We should get a domain. We should get like connected.plus or something, but we don't have it yet. So relay.fm slash connected slash join to join connected plus and get more japes and give us money. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, we have lots of leftover questions in the connected Q&A doc, so we're going to blow them out. We're going to do a lot of Q&A for the rest of this show, this holiday special. Uh, now, uh, we have 20 loaded up in the show doc, and I have a Dice by Peacock here with a D20 loaded and ready to go. And so I'm going to roll the dice, and we're going to answer some questions. Do you, uh, you, you guys ready? And I'm we're going to stay here until we've done all 20. All 20. That's right. There's no going to be a lot what. of uh, repeats next to the end, but we'll we'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just going to be how it is. Okay, here we go. Thirteen. TM Trains writes, "What road trip, i.e., driving in a car to get places, would you want to go on that you haven't yet?" Hmm. So uh, here's how I think I'll answer this. I've I've got two answers. In the U.S., I'd say the Grand Tetons. I've, I've not spent nearly enough time out west, especially in Wyoming and, and northwest parts of the U.S. So that's where I'd go in the U.S. But abroad, I'd go all over Italy. I'd like to see both coasts and go from the south to the north and end up in the Alps. So I'd like to see more of Italy. I've only seen Rome and, and Florence so far. James, what do you think? Well, for driving a car, I think... So my answer is going to be the States. And I'm picking that because it means one of two things. Either somebody has built an extremely long bridge between the UK and the US, or <laughs> I have one of those cars that I can just drive into the water and I can just go along and then I'll drive up on a beach somewhere. Maybe oh, you're Hawaii. James Bond is what you are. <laughs> well, I can't really comment on that, but uh, they are casting the new one. Uh and yeah, so that's what I would like. But I would actually like to do a car road trip of the States. How about, uh, we're actually talking about doing this at some point. Uh, I, Lauren and I want to drive to visit our friends in Edmonton, oh. which is way the heck up there. So we would be driving through Nevada and Utah and Idaho and Montana and then through a whole lot of Alberta to get all the way up to Edmonton and then maybe come back through. Uh, going through like by Banff and through the mountains and then down and into Washington and, and Oregon. And I that. have so done that. That's, yeah. I've done the Canadian Rockies years ago and it was fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Let's uh, roll the dice. Eight. Eight. Uh, this is from David S. How do you use messages? Do you use the subject field or read receipts? How often do you send memojis? Lots of questions here. How long do you keep your messages? 30 days, one year, or forever? And do you sync them with iCloud, or do they live separately on each device? Well, um, I think I use messages not a million miles away from how I used uh, SMS. I don't use many of the features. I do use read receipts, which I like, uh, although they can be a problem. Uh, I keep my messages forever, or and there, I don't have messages in iCloud switched on, but they still sync between all the devices. Uh, whether they're backed up is another matter. But yeah, I, I don't really do anything fancy. I, I sent Memojis for about a day when they were introduced. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I guess the thing that I do now that I didn't do is I react to things, you know, with a little thumbs up or a heart. All right. So subject field, never, never used it. And if someone uses it with me, I think I would probably block them in terms of... I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Keep that in mind, guys. In terms of read receipts, uh, only with my family, not with friends and other people. Memojis, 
Mm, no, not really. Hardly ever. Maybe a couple of times. And I archive everything. I, I keep it all. But I don't really get hung up on whether or not it's on, you know, my messages are on every single device. If I feel like I have to start fresh on an iPhone or something, uh, I'll, I'll do that and I won't worry about having all those old messages on there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I sync everything with iCloud too. So I, th- I think that's it. I, I, will, I will ask you guys one question. I'm going to have a follow-up question here as a, as a friend of the show and listener myself, is that I want to know whether you hesitate to send a message to somebody in a faraway time zone because you're concerned about sending a message very late or not. I mean, personally, I will answer this first, which is I don't. I feel like that's on them. I know enough people in enough places that if they don't know how to put on Do Not Disturb, that's kind of on them. And they can, uh, I'll send it even if it's middle of the night for them. Yeah, my problem is more at the very early end of things. It's like, do I send this message knowing that, the, uh, you know, I've got up and I'm looking at something, but they're asleep. But as you say, a, for a start, you do get the little notification now that says that they have notification silenced. So you can be reasonably sure in that case. But um, yeah, people should figure out how to put do not disturb on. So uh, I'll answer the follow-up question first. I, uh, I'm i also very much in the in the feeling of I'm not going to worry about it because they should be using do not disturb. And I, I, I assume that everybody that I'm communicating with has probably uh, got stuff like that set up. I think about it, but I usually don't worry about it. I like I work with so many people, like James, who are in far off time zones that I just think of things to tell them, and I tell them, and I figured that they'll get up in the morning and they'll see it, and exactly. then they'll answer me, and then I will be asleep, and then I will see it the next morning, and then for the few hours that we're awake together, uh, we could have a conversation. I have I just had this bite me. Well, it didn't really bite me, but it it made me worried for a minute, which was that I I sent a question to Rosemary Orchard about like a podcast that she had done uh, for The Incomparable. Uh, and like if she had uh, the she did the map capture for Total Party Kill. So she had a video file and I couldn't find it. And I was like, OK, I'll just ask her in the in the relay slack. Uh, Do you have that file? And it was 4 a.m. Uh, UK time, 3 a.m. And she answered me and I was like, oh, no, did I just wake you up? And she said, no, no, I was up. I, You know, she she had, had some insomnia or something and she was up and I was like, oh, thank God, because I had that moment of like, oh, no, did you wake a her thing up? that I don't really need immediately at all. I just wanted to lay it there so she'd find it the next day. But she said it was fine and she was actually up or she was lying to me and very polite, which is also possible. I have noticed that my... Uh my waking hours have slipped more towards sort of the US time zones uh, mm. because I'm just talking to the we likes of you all the time and yeah. I don't go to bed until like 2, 3 a.m. Mine have slipped closer to Europe, but that's <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, and as for uh, the rest of this question, um, I'm similar to John. Uh, don't use the subject field. I do use read receipts. I I, uh, I just leave them on. I don't care. Um I never send him emojis and I do iCloud uh, messages in the cloud and uh, basically assume that they'll stay there forever. Um, so yeah, that's it. Shall we roll? Yeah. Go for it. 11. Max R. If Apple was going to force another album into people's music libraries, <laughs> what would they pick? So I, I'm going to say that Coldplay fits the same vibe these days and would be equally roundly mocked if it appeared in the music library. So yeah, some terrible Coldplay album. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, one thing that I actually have found the U2 album very useful for is that whenever I see it showing up 
in my AirPlay list, I know that there's something wrong with one of my HomePods because uh-huh. it's 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 got this special status inside music where if if it's not connecting to the rest of your library, it'll still always connect to Age of Innocence. But I'm going to go with a Bruce Springsteen, a future Bruce Springsteen album. I'm thinking that Bruce Springsteen, while he's an icon and a great musician, is really not quite with the current times, and I assume not super popular with the, the youngest generations. So I'm, I'm thinking Bruce Springsteen. I, I think that is a great pick because what you want, I, and I love you too, but that's not a good album. Um, no, it's and, not. <laughs> and it's not, it's just, it's not a good album. Uh, Apple wants to be cool. But they need to find somebody who's going to be happy that they bought literally everybody in the world their album. Yeah, they they, um, they want to be cool like a dad wants to be cool and with about the same uh, success rate. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to say Billie Eilish. They're going to pony up for Billie Eilish and they're just going to give her album away to everybody. Maybe it's an EP or something. Maybe it's not a whole album, but like, yeah. That's a good pick because she is on an, an Amazon Echo after all. I mean, <laughs> you know. That it feels like that's in the same the same vein. Yeah, I mean, every there all these tech. Are, if you're a big artist like that, it's great because all these tech companies are just throwing you money, and uh, <laughs> so you take it. Absolutely, that's what you do. You take it. Twelve. Jeremy, I'm incredibly hyped by how AR and VR, James, could change how we <laughs> interact with others in the world. What piece or idea of future tech are you most looking forward to in your lifetime? Well, I hope this is my lifetime. Um, I would like some medical tech that directly uh, interfaces with my nervous system and lets me switch off specific pain receptors and things like that. Because, you know, I don't know how much longer I've got left, but it would be nice to be able to uh, enjoy it. All right. I'm going to go with, you know, I've I've had a Roomba now for about six months and I kind of like it. The little guy gets, you know, around my house, sweeping up my floors. But I really want what I really want him to do is to clean the bathrooms. And I want a robot to do that for me. I haven't had a robot do that. And I, I, that would be great to, to kind of put that chore to the side and let a robot take care of it. Future tech or self-driving cars. I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but um, I am going to hold out hope that there would be self-driving cars at some point, especially by the time that I'm older and not able to drive well. Um, or if I can't see well or whatever it is, like I, I really would love uh, at that point to be able to still have mobility. Um, and I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but th- I would love that. Let's roll the dice. All right. Three. Ryan, is Universal Control ever going to ship? <laughs> I say yes in the spring as a demo at the next event. I, I'm going to say, yes, it's going to ship because it's not like hardware. You know, you can keep changing stuff in software up to the last minute uh, and you can always push it off. But things like, you know, the um, air power, it's, it, you know, you, you're kind of locked in on a design fairly early and it's not as flexible. But software, yeah, you can you can scrap it and you can start again, which who knows, they may have done. Uh, I picked it. So, Yes is my answer <laughs> before wwdc it will ship uh maybe it won't all be there maybe it won't be as originally conceived but i think it will ship 15 15 justin hamilton if you opened a connected cafe what kind of food would you serve wow oh good question i've got one for this i would serve pizza first of all but i would also have an extensive and excellent beer list but here's the thing. 
I would have one bad beer on my list. And if you ordered that beer, you would be kicked out of the bar and banned for life. Wow. That, that is how I would decide who my customers are. So that's the Connected Cafe right there. Pizza and beer. But with the threat, if you pick that one beer, that you'll never be able to come in again. Oh, for, for my pick, uh, possibly similar lines, I just wrote down revenge served piping hot. <laughs> James, revenge is a, best served, a dish best served cold. What are you it's talking not, about? It's not. You want it hot. Trust me. Uh, well, John, it's a theme of this episode. John keeps picking my things because pizza and beer is absolutely what I would pick. <laughs> I'm, I, I thank you, John, for not saying I'm also going to put a bad pizza on the menu and it's got pineapple on it because that would offend me. <laughs> oh, no, um, no, no. I'm into p- pineapple pizza myself, Jason. All right, we're, 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 we're in lockstep on that one. We're yeah, okay. I, I'm looking forward to this uh, pizza, beer and revenge cafe that we are coming up with. I am going to serve burritos because I'm from California and everybody should like burritos. Burritos are good. Especially good burritos are good. So you can have burritos at our place. And that's the Triple J Cafe opening in locations in San Francisco, Chicago, and Glasgow. Yes. All right. Here goes the dice. 17. We haven't had a double yet. I know that I could calculate the probability, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, 17 is Sam. Uh, keyboards, what's the deal? So I say keyboards are passing fad. You know, in the brave new world of AR headsets, we're going to be typing directly onto tables or in the air or something, and physical keyboards are Ooh. just going to be like a, a thing for Ooh. old people. Wow, you are all in on this, uh, James. All in on this oh, AR thing. James, are you wearing uh, like a uh, AR goggles right now? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, oh, if um, I had a, if I had a developer prototype, you know, I'd be under NDA. What I like, I I didn't use uh, mechanical keyboards for a long time. And keyboards, like the deal is that you need to type letters, and so you need a keyboard. But I like if the, assuming Sam is asking about mechanical keyboards or enthusiasm in keyboards, I really like the sound and the tactility of it, and that's why I say to James, you're going to need to replicate the sound and the tactility of it. Sound you can do, uh, tactility you're going to need something. Maybe it's just gloves or something that will give you some force yeah. as you're doing your typing on the on the table. I, I'm willing to accept that that's a possibility, but that's what I want is. I want to be able to do it by feel, and and it's hard to do it by feel when you're literally feeling nothing. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. There could be some kind of little device that you place on the table that you know uh, at least makes it vibrate in ways when your fingers are over the keys or something. Yeah, you have a haptic feedback table. Yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> sure, James. Or right. just gloves, just the haptic feedback gloves. It's like a giant magic trackpad. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with keyboards. It's not something that I've personally ever been into. I actually like the Apple keyboards a lot. I have experimented with like Logitech MX keys and those keyboards in the past. But now that I have a Touch ID on my keyboard, I love it. And I actually kind of like the shallow throw of the Apple keyboard. So that's kind of how, how I go with that's things. Fine. I don't, you know. That's the deal. That's fine. Everybody should uh, use the keyboards that they like. I think that I think that some people don't like the laptop style keyboards, which Apple now fancies. I think Apple is absolutely making the right decision in since most people use laptops to make laptop style keyboards the norm, and they've been doing that for a long time. And I think that's perfectly fine. That said, I I prefer the ones with more travel and yep. more clickiness. And I, I'm I love the Magic Keyboard for iPad. I think it's great, but um. 
I would prefer a mechanical keyboard if I could help it. That's fine. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, something we said before the show about like pronouncing GIF or GIF or whatever. Like there are more than one way of doing things and there's not just one right or wrong way. There uh, th- are, that there is are, right. You can pronounce things different ways. You can like different keyboards. It's okay. All right. Roll the dice. 14. Still haven't gotten a double. We are lucky today. Uh, Brantz wrote, what piece of media, if any, helped you get through the deepest and longest parts of quarantine? Well, for me, it started with Animal Crossing on the Switch and there was Ted Lasso as well. But really, the thing that helped me most through the the, the worst parts uh, of quarantine or first quarantine, however you want to put it, was playing the White Sparrow set of adventures on Total Party Kill. That was uh, a great set of things and, you know, basically hanging out with your friends. Yeah, that was that was fun. And that's that's uh, we played that out. The White Sparrow adventures on Total Party Kill, we played played them out this year on the feed, but they were very much a um, height of lockdown project where we were all not going anywhere or doing anything. And we spent our spring and a little bit of summer just playing a lot of D&D, which has taken a year to roll out. But but I agree with you, James. That was a real it was just nice being with people, even if it was on Zoom and having fun and playing a game. That was a that was a real uh, sanity helper. I think that I'm going to go with music in general, but specifically Phoebe Bridger's Punisher album was an album that I had on repeat for a lot of 2020. So that that, al- that album helped, even though it's kind of a moody album at times and maybe could have sent me into a uh, a, a deeper funk. It uh, I, I liked it a lot and it helped it helped in general. But uh, music is something I don't know. I did about a thousand hours of music in 2020, so. But that was right at the top of the list. Yeah, it's funny how music connects you with a, a particular time. I have that where um, there are certain there was a NaNoWriMo that I wrote a novel in, you know, in a month. Uh-huh. And there was a very particular Imogen Heap album that I played over and over and over. And every time I hear it, I think of that time. Um, for 2020, it was Notes on a Conditional Form by the 1975. That was the album that I had. I, Apple did its little thing, the, the its little like 2020 and rewind at the end of the year for my uh, Apple Music account. And it was like, you listen to, and it was every track on Notes on a Conditional Form at the top and then some other stuff. And I was like, yep, that's about right. I just listened to that album over and over. And it's, you know, these days I listen to a lot of playlists. I listen to a lot of the Apple Music curated playlists. I don't, I'm, so I'm listening to a lot of singles or, or tracks, but not whole albums. But every now and then an album just completely captures me. And last year it was Notes on a Conditional Form. Um, this yeah, year it's the a, Church's album, Screen Violence. Yep, same yep, thing. Yep, great album. And uh, for TV, it's Taskmaster. I was introduced to Taskmaster last year and found every episode. Uh, and we watched those as a family because my daughter came home from college and my son was, of course, logged down with us. And so we were all just, because he's a high school student, so we were all just in the house all the time. And that was one of our kind of nesting things that we did as a family is just we watched Taskmaster. And there are not that many shows that will get all of us together and enthusiastic. But that, if you haven't seen it, there, there are episodes on YouTube. It's a UK uh, uh a game show sort of comedy show sort of where a bunch of comedians have to do silly tasks and it is hilarious and that was our pandemic uh save like, like lifesaver for us as a family and i believe a lot of it is on youtube officially yes it is officially on the taskmaster channel uh even if you're in the u.s you can see a lot of episodes it's great i'll roll the dice i'm gonna cross out brants here i gotta i gotta keep track of what we've already covered yep six another original this is from uh jd what is your favorite food i'm gonna say uh beef massaman curry with thai basil 
And this was a dish that I had the first time I came to the US um, uh, in Mountain View of all places. And I spent about a decade, or more accurately, uh, my wife spent about a decade trying to recreate that dish. And it turned out it was the Thai basil, which was the the, the little uh, addition that made it perfect. And that is absolutely my favorite. Interesting. I, you know, pizza is a food group for me. So I already, I already started a cafe with pizza. I'm going to choose pizza for my favorite food too. Uh, that's good. My favorite food is peanut butter. I realized this like five years ago. I, I always would say like favorite dish. And so I would say like uh, flank steak or something like that. There, there's, there's a favorite favorite dishes out there. I do a soy ginger marinated flank steak. That's really great. But food, period, it's peanut butter. I have peanut butter every day. I'll eat it as a snack. I like it in stuff. I like the flavor of it in cookies or whatever. I just, I love it. And I know that it's not for everybody, but it is for me. Um, and And if I ever... Uh, became a vegetarian, I would subsist on peanut butter. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's a, it's a good it. thing you don't have any co-hosts with a peanut allergy. <laughs> I have a question for you, Jason. Yes, what's your John. What's your position on pretzels with peanut butter on the inside? I I kind of get it. I don't love them, but I I get it because you've got the little cr- pretzely crunch and you've got the mm-hmm. salty flavor. Um, I'm not going to say what you probably expect me to say, which is it's just pretzels getting in the way of good peanut butter because it's, <laughs> I get it. It's not my favorite, um, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's offensive. Like I can see why people would want to find an- other ways of enjoying peanut butter. And uh, it's a lot less messy if they're inside the pretzel than like outside it. So <laughs> that is, sense. that is true. I think they usually use an inferior peanut butter, which is part of the problem, I think. Yes. But. I, oh, that's, that's for sure. I mean, I use, I use the, natural peanut butter like in my day-to-day life the kind mm-hmm. that you have to stir up or the or the peanut oil separates um and i know that a lot of people they, they've engineered peanut butter they add sweetener to it or they add a different kind of oil that is shelf stable at uh and doesn't separate at room temperature i i i prefer the natural kind the stuff that's in the pretzels is undoubtedly the most adulterated peanut butter right it's going to be the stuff that the oil's been replaced or removed and the sugar's been added so it's not really peanut butter anymore but it, it's got that flavor it's a nice flavor i like it I, right, I right, know for the our gifts next year, I'm going to write down to get you a peanut butter maker. You know, just put peanuts in the top and peanut butter comes out the bottom. Six. six. Oh, we already did oh, six. That's a double. Yeah. Ten. Matt V, you're both successful writers on the internet. Oh, burn, James, <laughs> burn. Any advice for writers starting out uh, well past the blogging heyday of yesteryear? Yeah, I mean, I'm just a humble lifetime award-winning developer, but what do I know? <laughs> wow. No, nothing about writing. I don't know, Jason. Where do you want to go? I I think where I would go with this is that there's no one path that works for everybody. Just look at me and Jason. We have very different backgrounds for sure. So, I didn't go to law school? Yes. And you didn't I work didn't... in a magazine? <laughs> no. I, uh, I, people ask me about this every now and then. And, and what I say is the great thing about being on the internet today, I know that it's not the same as it was, but the great thing on the internet today is if you're interested in something, first off, you can always publish it yourself. Right. And that shows your writing to the world and you may get an audience from that, but also you're showing your writing to the world and other people will take notice. Or if you want to approach somebody and say, I would like to write for you. You can say, look at what I write. And that does two things. One, they can read your writing and say, oh, this person can write. And two, this person is interested in the subject matter that they're writing about, which is what I want to use them for. And that is 
that is not something it used to be like here's a clip from my college newspaper or like I, I would hear from people uh, who wanted to write for Macworld to be like, I have nothing published anywhere that you can read. And it was not that understandable even in like the 2000s, but it's certainly not understandable now. So I'd say number one thing is write. Also, you'll get better. The more articles you write, if you say, I want to write about apps like like John and Federico, the more of those articles you write, the better you'll get. And then you start taking the old ones down and, and keeping the newer ones and saying, <laughs> see, look at my app writing. It's good. And I think that that is a huge, as somebody who's been on the other side, looking for good writers having that evidence in public view of your enthusiasm and of your capability is the number one best thing when I'm looking for a new writer. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I think the fact I, my writing has improved so much just over the last five years or so that I've been doing this kind of full time. And it's all just because I've written like 1800 stories or something since I started in the late 2015. And you know, that that's that's kind of what it takes is just constantly writing. And I, I'm with you, Jason. I mean, we actually are always on the lookout for somebody to write with us and do some freelance work. And it's always we're we keep an eye on everybody who's writing about Apple. It may not always look sure. like we are, but we but <laughs> we but we are. And there actually aren't that many people doing it kind of on a consistent basis right now. But if we're ever going to add somebody to help us out, it's because they've got that catalog of writing that they've already done that we like, we think's good and shows an interest. Yeah. So so invest in yourself and 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 put in that put in that time and do the work and maybe you start not posting it and then when you're proud of it you post it. Nobody needs to read it right away, but it's out there and then somebody may notice or you can send a link to somebody and it's doing you can do that all yourself now which you couldn't before you can't like put your articles in a magazine back in the day but you can just do it on the web now and it's fine and i would say that all of this advice does actually cross over for development as well you know if you want to write apps it's exactly the same thing it's just keep writing keep doing yeah. things and 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 no it's not uh, life's not fair, right? Like you're not necessarily going to be seen and you may not be as good at it as you want to be. And like, there are all sorts of caveats there. But yeah, there's all I, kinds I, of I, luck I, involved too. But it's like you put yourself in a position of having luck by actually doing the work first. I exactly. Guess. And you would be surprised as somebody who's dealt with a lot of freelance writers over the years, you would be surprised what you can get by honing your craft, which is by doing it over and over again, by being visible, showing your work, by having an enthusiasm. And then the last one that I'll throw in there is and being reliable. Because let me tell you, you get that chance, you make your deadlines. And and, and it's like uh, lights, lights go off, a rainbow appears to editors when you ask yes. somebody for something and they give it to you. And if you don't, you're just forget it. Like, like I, I loved at Macworld finding writers who were on time and did good work and were responsive. Um, and these seem like logical things. Like, oh, well, of course, who would not do that if they want an opportunity? Oh, you would be surprised. There are lots of people who want an opportunity, but then won't be timely with it or will do a, a shoddy job. And it's like, you just wasted your opportunity. So uh, back in the day, by the way, a, a little side note, Dan Morin came up to me on the floor at Macworld Expo and said, I would like to be a writer. What should I do? And actually what I told him back in the day, you don't have to do this so much now, was tidbits um, that is still published. Adam and Tanya Angst and uh, and a bunch of other people work on, on uh, or I guess it's Adam and uh, Josh Centers and a bunch of bunch of people work on tidbits. But um, they they would often publish articles, but they were um, they not they didn't pay. 
uh, for outside writers, but they would sometimes publish articles by outside writers. And I think Dan actually did an article or two there. But that's the beauty of like having Squarespace or Medium or something. It's like you don't need anybody to keep any gate for you to just get started. Dice? Let's Dice do it. By P. Calc. Here we go. Three. Uh, uh, we already did three. It's repeats from here on in. 18. Oh, this is from High Definition Image of Big Bird. <laughs> what single decision by Apple would you reverse and why? So I would say making services revenue a big profit center because I feel it's led to a number of very questionable decisions of late. So I, I've got an old one and a new one. My old one is something that I've I've mentioned before recently, which is the elimination of the airport line of routers because mm. I, I feel like those would be the perfect fit for some sort of home strategy, the home strategy that we're hoping that Apple will come up with in 2022. But uh, getting rid of them, I think, was you know short-sighted. Maybe they weren't making money. Maybe it was too much R&D to keep up with the eras of the world and other routers. But I think there was value there to Apple beyond just the dollars that came in on profit margins with routers. And that's been squandered. And I'd like to see that. You know, I wish that it, those would come back. Then... Close second would be rebuilding shortcuts with Swift UI in the same year that they're moving it to the Mac. And this one is obviously very close, cuts very close uh, for the work that that I do. And I just don't, I mean, I think Swift UI is great and I think it is the future of developing UIs on Apple's flat platforms. But I don't think an app like Shortcuts was the right candidate for it at this particular time. And I'm sure you know these things are tied together. That moving to the Mac and adding, doing everything in Swift UI, there was a hope that there would be some sort of synergies and savings there. Instead, I think what Apple ended up with was a distraction that has kept them away from improving the actions and other, you know, fundamental features of the app itself. I mean, I will say that you know. Swift UI isn't going to get better unless Apple has internal apps that are using it. Um, you know, it's the same thing with Catalyst, which is used for messages and podcasts and, and yep. other apps. You know, so it's good that they have something that is pushing the technology more than other apps. But I think they probably didn't mesh together as well that they yeah. hoped. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been a difficult year. I think it was just a little too early. I agree with you 100% that they should be pushing, you know, they should be dogfooding all this stuff and pushing it forward using their own apps. But I think that this was probably not the right app to do it with, especially since they had to do all the work to bring automator actions over to the Mac into shortcuts and other things that were, you know, just just launching that as an app itself, no matter what technology you use, you use I think was probably a, a big job and adding Swift UI to that pile made things worse, I believe. Yeah, I, uh, I want to give the the crowd-pleasing answer here, except I think it's the wrong one now, which is whatever happened in the mid-2010s where Apple kind of took its eye off the ball of the Mac, and we got like uh, a yes. weird Mac Pro, and we got the butterfly keyboard, and we got the laptops that nobody seemed to love that took the ports off and all of that. Um, but the problem with that is that Apple Silicon wasn't ready to go, and I think maybe that it, it was really a combination of both. They knew they wanted to do their own thing, and they were kind of biding their time and also losing their way a little bit. And the fact is, it's all basically resolved now, so I could change it so it was a little bit better in the, in, in the late 2010s, but I think we'd end up more or less where we are now regardless. So I'm going to go back to like the... 
2010, 2011, and I want to whisper in somebody's ear, maybe Eddie Q, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's Tim Cook, and say, don't have the attitude that if the App Store is bringing in a lot of money, that means you shouldn't change your policies. I know that's really conceptual, but I think the root of a lot of Apple's failure in terms of the quality of the App Store, in terms of the uh, relationship with developers, um, and in terms of the the take and how contentious that's been, their take on on um, how much money uh, developers can make in the App Store. I think a lot of it is rooted in the fact that Apple had such an instant hit with the App Store that they just decided either charitably not to mess with success or uh, uncharitably were so arrogant about their success that they thought that they hadn't made any mistakes when in fact they had built it on a questionable technical foundation and they were alienating developers, mm-hmm. but they were laughing all the way to the bank. And so if I could do some whisper in someone's ear, you, you should really not get complacent uh, because in the long run, it will cause a lot of turmoil and your stuff isn't as good as you think it is. That's what I would do. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good one. I mean, I think a big part of that is how Apple fell backwards into gaming and how gaming became a big thing on the App Store, you know, despite Apple's yes. kind of lack of understanding of the, the gaming market. Apple always goes backward into gaming. <laughs> Never <laughs> forward, only backward. Eight. Duplicate. Three. Duplicate. <laughs> duplicate, duplicate. This is going to be great. Eleven. Duplicate. Two. Two. It's from three raccoons in a trench coat. If you could swap places with a relay host, who would you choose? So I have a lot of problems with this question. Am I inhabiting their body or just taking over their whole life in my no, I, body? I, I think you're just taking over their podcast. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like I could do with the body of somebody younger. So, you know, who's the youngest relay host? I would I would happily swap places there um, just so that I don't have to put up with this one. But I, I yeah, I, I answering the wider question, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a question of like, you want to take over somebody? Do you want to take over somebody because you want to like podcast with their partner uh, or something? It's it's a difficult one. I don't think I can answer this without it, like being rude to one or other people. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to say that I would uh, take over Mac Power Users from Stephen, and then it would just be me and David Sparks, and I, I, you know, we would be great because we both remember all the old <laughs> Macs from using them, and not just from you know finding them on ebay well you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with matt alexander because i i think he really paces himself well i mean he's (laughs) he's 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 got the he's got the very best ratio of total number of episodes to longevity on the network so i mean you know (laughs) low low workflow and uh and longevity it's a it's a great combination well i didn't want to insult anybody on the network but apparently my co-host is back in (laughs) we're okay with it yeah yeah we two. just did two. Come on, dice by Peacock. Oh no! Two. Oh no! Do I have to read the question again? One. One. Marley's. Both your co-hosts are canceled, but you managed to escape the wrath of Twitter. Who would you start a new podcast with to replace Connected? Well, you know, Jason and John know what they did to get canceled. Um, but I, I would really, I think, as I said before, I'd like to do something with Mike, Stephen, or Federico one day. And I was thinking that we should have a succession plan for this podcast. If anything oh. happens to us, 
Oh, that's dangerous though, because then it motivates them to to make something happen to us. So that well, we're not yeah, I mean that, that's over. true. But you know, I I think they should. We should, you know, give give them a chance. Never See name your successors, do. James. No, never name your successors. No. It's oh, okay. trouble. Now, when you're gone, they can all sort it out together. But you you don't motivate them in any way. This is if I learned anything from dictators of the past. Yes. That's what I learned. Okay, so we're going to just hold on to our power. Okay. I'll t- yeah, I'll I think so. It. I think so. We got to con- consolidate the Triple J power, I think is the way that, that works. You know, I'm going to go with Federico because this this kid from Italy, he's an up and comer. Mm-hmm. He really is. And I've had I've had a, a show in mind for a while, and I think I'm going to call it Apple Stories. I bought applestories.net a long time ago. And I think it could make a good podcast. I think we'll, you know, we'll talk about Mac apps or something. I was also going to pick Federico because I thought that he doesn't talk about, um, I like the iPad Pro and, and like iPad life a lot. And I don't think he talks about it enough. So I would give him like, I think we could talk about the iPad. But uh, since you took him, I'll, I'll, I'll spread some love around. I already do a show with Mike, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Steven. Uh, I've taken his spot on Mac Power Users, but we will create some other kind of show about the Mac that that Stephen and I can do uh, instead after after connected is you canceled. Could, you could maybe do like laser writer power users or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, uh, that's uh, laser writer power users. I'm looking forward to that. Let's roll the dice. Ten duplicate. Fourteen. Duplicate. This is good podcasting, people. Three duplicate. Duplicate. That's what they pay for. What am I looking for here? Eight. Seven, four, five. Nine. Nine. Seven. It heard you. Matt. Was listening. Matt C., what is your hottest take about your two co-hosts? I'm going to say that Jason is much more spicy than he appears, particularly after he's had a drink because his language mm. becomes filthy. Uh, yes. John is a kingpin-like figure who just controls things from the shadows and like tries not to draw attention to himself, but really is pulling all the strings. I think you're 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 giving me too much attention here, uh, James. I'm a little a little concerned. You know what? Here here's what I can tell you about these two guys. Jason, he's an he's an excellent mini golfer. Not pe- many people know about this, but I've seen him in action. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen show. him in action on a hot summer day, and he's very good at mini golf. And James, he may not be the greatest mini golf player, but he's great at powering a bar on wheels. This is very <laughs> true. It's those true. are those are, are accurate. Um, I would say that uh, John. Uh, let's see. What do I? What's my hottest take about John? That uh, John should be on more podcasts. About that, he's just not. I want more John in my life. I know that seems like a hot take. But it's like John wants to be restrained and keep work life balance, and I think he needs like ten more podcasts to keep up. <laughs> All right. And James, um, James should go to bed earlier. <laughs> that is James is up at time. all hours. Uh, we get texts from him at all hours. No, he doubt. really is. All right, people, we are switching to a new die because there are six questions left, and so we're going to go to a d six, and I'm just going to read them in order. Four. Okay, that is one, two, three, four. Row, ho, ho. Maple syrup or honey? Uh, definitely maple syrup. Um, good stuff from Canada, not the cheap stuff. Hmm. Why can't we have both? I mean, I, I use honey more than I use maple syrup, but I like both. I, I guess I'll have to go with honey since I use it more often. Uh, same as John. I, uh, I love maple syrup, but I use honey in my tea every day, and I could not go without, so... I could, I mean, I could, but I, I, why would I do that? 
Also, America makes good maple syrup, too. That's true. Vermont, right there. Yeah. Come on. Two. Two, which is Brian. Technology with see-through shells is overdue for a comeback. Mm, Time traveler. Which product needs them first? I'm going to say AirPods or any other wearable, you know, like the headset or whatever, because it just looks more cyberpunk if you can see the bits and they're connected to your ears or whatever. Just, you know, that 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 full you're a cyborg look. That's what I want. That's very good. That's very good. I, I think I have to second that only because when you look at things like iPhones and laptops right now, they're 90% battery. And who wants to just look at a battery? So I, I'm going with the uh, with the AirPods, too. I'm going to say the iMac. They're going to do a throwback edition of the of the 24-inch iMac that's got a plastic back and you can look inside and see everything that's in there. And it'll be colored, you know, it'll be a, a nice color, but you'll also be able to see the back of a monitor and stuff. Cool. Three. Three. One, two, three. Brants, if you had the power at Apple to make one and only one hardware change to an existing Apple product, what would that change be? Uh, I'm say bring the headphone socket back, and I'm not just saying this uh, to pander to pander the to the to the audience. I think <laughs> it is genuinely useful in a wide variety of situations. Still, you know, things like if you're trying to do music or you're trying to do like uh, edit a podcast or, uh-huh. or whatever, and you want very low latency sound, headphones way to go other uh, way to go i had to i have to use the uh, usb-c to headphone jack connector every time i added a podcast on my ipad i think that i'm going to go with more ram in the 24 inch m1 imac because i think that would be my machine right now if it had just a little bit more ram in it um i'm torn between i think i'm going to make my runner up a 12 inch macbook air i just make it smaller that's an existing apple product i'm going to make one change which is smaller smallify it um and and alternately if you would prefer the uh iphone pro mini minify it make it smaller i like those smaller devices make them smaller i want all the features smaller package one one cube of ah follow-up is a dish best served with an unexpectedly different flavor than you might have been expecting Mm. reheated Obviously, because it's follow up. I would say spicy hot with a side of japes. <laughs> All right, and we'll serve that in our uh, in our restaurant. <laughs> We're yes. starting that has come come out of this. All right, uh, only two questions left. Should flip a coin. Heads. Uh, heads is Ben. Ben, how early is it? To, is too early for shops to play Christmas music? December twenty third. I hate it. Make it stop. <laughs> Anytime before the weekend after Thanksgiving in the U.S. I I, I actually agree with John. You could set it to December first, but if you're in America and you've got Thanksgiving there as your as your bulwark against Christmas creep, that's uh, that's when you do it. Black Friday. Uh, th- Thanksgiving Day is too early. Don't how you about mean that? Thanksgiving Black Day Friday month? Yeah, exactly. Uh, last question, uh, and you get a gold star, Ryan P., because you're the last question. What's a place you traveled to pre-COVID and haven't visited since COVID that you would like to return to? I uh, typically go on a vacation around this time to Gran Canaria because it's like four hours away and is lovely and sunny in December. Uh, but my other answer that I'm going to say is Jason's house because I would like oh. to come back and visit. I will say coffee shops for working because I have not done that since pre-COVID. And I did it a little bit, I guess, when I was in Dublin recently. And I 
realized how much I missed kind of the change of pace and scenery and working somewhere else. I will admit, though, that it wasn't just a coffee shop. I also worked a little bit at a pub in Dublin, but but that that's fun too, but I'm going to try to stay out of bars around Chicago. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I am going to say the UK. Um, uh, Ireland, close second, and it's right there. Uh, but uh, Europe in general, and the UK in particular, I have uh, I like visiting. I can visit Mike in London. I can visit uh, my other friends in London, um, and I can go up to Glasgow and say hi to James and Saskia, and it's uh, great, and I miss it. And uh, that's like that road trip, uh, the other trip that we were talking about now. So Lauren and I were going to, for our 50th birthdays, we're going to go to Australia. And well, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I'm now realizing that we might actually end up, it's, it may be more likely that we go to something like the UK at some point when things are better again than, uh, than when they'll let us back into Australia. So uh, maybe it'll happen, but that's what I'm thinking about now. I think that's all the questions, believe it or not. Yeah. 20 questions. Wow. We played, connected 20 questions. We did it. Another holiday tradition. It's uh, it's a Christmas miracle. Uh, so next week will be the Connected Year in Review episode. It's going to be great. It's pre-recorded. Uh, I think the the way to describe it is we rated the months of 2021 based entirely on the Voorhees scale. Yes, yes. It's, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. But we'll be back here on Connected in 2022 absolutely but until then james thompson thank you for being here it's always a pleasure to podcast with you both always and john Voorhees, as always thank you ciao jason and thanks to everybody else out there for listening see you later we promise <laughs>